Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome into Basketball by Association. This is episode number. 23 before we get to the name of the episode and who the jersey is after let's welcome in friend of the show and not first timer mr bob basic bob what is up what up b-ball nation i'm ready to rock so it's episode 23 and we name these episodes essentially after a someone with a jersey number corresponding with that number do you happen to know anyone off the top of your head, that has ever worn the jersey 23 of any prominence, not just some low life that we never heard of. No, no, no. We need we need some kind of I don't know decent name out there. Do you got something? Well, you know, I had to think very long and hard about this, Arky. I mean, I don't. You know, there's a guy named Michael Jordan, six-time champion, five MVPs, ten scoring titles. Um, I guess you know LeBron's great too, but. LeBron has one scoring title and no defensive player in the year, so I think we might have to give it to MJ. Yeah, let me let me Google search him real quick. See if it's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, all right. He fits the bill. Uh, today will be the Michael Jordan episode. That means the pressure is now on you, Bob. We got to be goats for this year podcast. Um, let's start uh, with one of the possibly self-proclaimed and otherwise claimed by some people, goats. And LeBron James and LeBron James and he and his Lakers are officially your number one seed in the West. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of surprise that they are the number one seed. They were five and a half games up to start the bubble and then did beat number two seed the Clippers in their first matchup to go up six and a half games pretty immediately. Uh, but thoughts on the Lakers getting that one seed and thoughts on how much the one seed means now in this bubble. Well, Arky, like you said, it's not surprising. They, they had a good cushion. I think right now what they're trying to do, and we've talked about this on previous ones, are trying to get back into game shape and trying to stay healthy. There have been some games where the Lakers have looked fantastic. You mentioned that one against the Clippers. Uh, I was watching that with my brother, and we were both excited watching that. He asked me, why is LeBron driving and trying to score so early? I told him he trusts his defense. 
And by golly, he actually trusted himself doing that great hedge on, um, I believe it was Kwai, and then they passed back to Paul George, and he was just in his face and contested that shot. I mean, that was perfect textbook defense. Um, they looked great in that game, but then probably yesterday, they were just very uneven on their shooting. Um, you know, I think shooting is going to come, but I, it, it just seems like they're just like everybody else that you've just seen some uneven performances, some great ones. And I think a lot of these guys are kind of using this as a preseason to experiment to maybe work on chemistry and just hopefully be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. And and one of those teams, it seems like we're going to go to um, the opposite end of that spectrum too, is the fact that on Friday, it looks like we're going to, when we're recording this, uh, that Zion Williamson is going to be sitting out because it's on the second day of a back-to-back that they would have to play. Um, the Pelicans have not exactly acquitted themselves uh, the best. They've had played some good basketball, but they've also kept Zion off the floor for an entire fourth quarter for that first game back. Uh, there will be no Zion again tonight. Again, they're trying to, at least the thought is, get to at least within three games of that eighth seed to be able to play for it. Um, does it seem like the Pelicans are just more so hoping and just trying to keep Zion healthy because next season starts like a minute and a half after this one ends? I think, Arky, you're on to something because this bubble, it's just going to be very difficult for the Pelicans know if they get the AC, they're going to face LeBron, and that's going to be quick work. I do think they they did have a goal for the playoffs this year, and they are hoping to maybe get some of their guys' experience. But like you said, the biggest thing is they want to protect their investment. I mean, you have them for – three, maybe four more years before a possible extension. And he they're betting the farm on this kid. I mean, he, he's somebody that's potentially keeping basketball in New Orleans. We know in the past the um, the Jazz and the Hornets have been in New Orleans and they haven't stuck. I, I do think the NBA is trying – you know, there's a lot of passionate fans there. They're trying to keep the, the Pelicans in that market. So for that to happen, Zion needs to be healthy. Now, I was talking to uh, my buddy Theus the other day. He's a big Pelicans fan, loves Zion. He does think it's possible that it's just that he is so big, it puts a lot of pressure on his joints. So maybe he has to lose 30, 40 pounds so he can take up that pounding. I mean, you you have a lot of torque when he's jumping and doing his second jump. And, you know, you're doing that for 40-some minutes a game. I I do – they think that if – he keeps his weight down. There's going to be less pressure on his knees and ankles. No, that that's to a degree. But if he lost thirty pounds, that's a lot of Zion to lose. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think? Uh, I think he would still be about two fifty five. Um, do Do you think it might increase speed? I know he's already fast, but maybe just stamina. I mean, I, I would be. Um, very dumb not to think that losing, you know, thirty pounds wouldn't help you stay um, in optimal shape or as close to optimal to play as many minutes as possible in such a cardiovascular game. It's just that just feels like a lot to ask somebody this young to do. Then again, I mean, do we find a situation where we go from like Zion's like this now and we we get a Shaquille O'Neal situation that at the end of his career he's you know he's adding another forty pounds to his body and you're like oh this guy's huge. I, I think that's maybe a concern on their training staff. We have to see how they 
um, address that. I d it does remind me, Arky, I mean, we've all watched the last dance recently, and this minutes restriction is kind of similar to Michael Jordan during his second season when he was returning to that foot thing, where there's kind of two separate goals, maybe making the playoffs or getting a better draft position slash keeping your star healthy. And it, it's just kind of hard to balance it. Now, with the Pelicans with these losses and just Zion sitting, it looks like they might be waving the towel for the, the playoffs at this point. No, that is interesting. And, you know, here's one of the things also that I wanted to ask you about going uh, forward. Uh, I want to move over to the Eastern Conference for just a minute. We'll bounce around from, from team to team. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks were down by 23 against the Heat yesterday, Thursday. They came back to win that game. That clinched the number one seed in the East. And as many people talk about how Miami could be one of the biggest – uh, threats to Giannis and, and the uh, number one seeded Bucks who have basically cruised through the, most of the season. And also how much they have not played extremely well in the bubble so far. That was one of those statement kind of victories for Giannis to to, to show up and, and for him to show up with the Heat uh, and then just sort of stake claim to the number one seed because afterwards Giannis said that uh, the road to the finals is all about us. You know, it doesn't say he goes through us, but he said it's all about us. And he said, I think the biggest challenge for us is ourselves. Um, do you uh, agree with Giannis's assessment? And what do you think of um, their comeback against uh, Miami and how much that may portend to them getting a little momentum since you only get a handful of games left to play? Giannis is absolutely correct. He, he's going to be the repeat MVP, probably defensive player of the year, which only Hakeem and MJ have done um, with, you know, with an MVP. Th that team is so talented, Arky. I, I know the East has some other talented teams that you have Raptors, you have uh, the 76ers, you have the Celtics, but that team just has a lot of depth. They they had um, experience last year just coming up short. Um, you could argue that maybe if Giannis hit a few more free throws, it would have been Bucks and Warriors last year. It, it, I do think that he, he does have a lot of confidence in him, Marky. He's improved so much in an astronomical way. It, it might even be a, a, a more striking thing than what Michael Jordan had. I mean, Jordan was already great coming in the league, but Giannis became a – was a fringe player. Now he's become a certain hall of famer. And I do think he, he thinks we have to do better. Uh, now it was interesting. You brought up the, the heat, you know, Miami is a very tough team. We know Janelle Moore a few weeks back said she thought that bam could slow him down. You know, he's a great defender. He does have the skill to keep up with Giannis. And I do think that would be part of the strategy going forward. Uh, my, my friend Kurt, he's probably the biggest Buck fan I know. He was worried after the first half yesterday, texting me, "Hey, you know the Heat are boat, you know, boating them for the third time this year, and I don't even see them doing well in matchups." But then, like you said, the Bucks just turn it on and they outscore Miami seventy-four to forty-three. I mean, that's just a st stark, striking turnaround. It just shows how balanced of an offensive and defensive team they can be. So, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that maybe this could be a second round matchup because we can get, get some intriguing games. If this happens. Uh, back over to the West, talk about another one of the top teams, the Clippers who uh, just beat uh, on Thursday, the Mavericks one twenty six one eleven, And they've played pretty well themselves considering they're halfway through and they're still mentioning a couple of guys, including Doc, Doc Rivers mentioning that 
you know, I think he was asked uh, on a scale of one to ten, where are the Clippers right now? He said uh, a six or a seven because they still have they still have Montrez Harrell out. Uh, they still have um, Patrick Beverly is out. They have several other players that are just putting on minutes restrictions right now that we don't know what this the Clippers team looks like. So as much as we got excited about the Lakers beating the Clippers uh, in the first game back in the bubble, well, I guess that was technically the second game back in the bubble. Uh, we don't know what this Clippers team is yet. And when whenever Montrezl Harrell comes back, he'll have to sit out for four days, but then he'll be ready to go. But we're uh, four days away from their um, eight-game stretch in the bubble being done before the playoffs start. And it's, I guess, fair to say that we don't know quite what the Clippers are right now. Oh, that's very fair to say. Montrez, as you know, is just a huge part. Same with Pat Bev. These guys provide a lot of defense and energy off the bench. Montrez with some scoring, too. I think they're trying to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing better together. I mean, you saw just last Thursday, and I know it was the first game back, that LeBron and AD were able to overpower that duo. That duo at least needs to play – um, LeBron and AD to a draw at least as close as possible and hope that depth could help. Um, it, I guess it just depends. You know, they just need to make sure that they're healthy, not making foolish decisions like Lou Williams did last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think about it, you know, we were going to talk about the bubble, but isn't that the most interesting story? Like how could you fly to Atlanta to get wings at a strip joint? Just like, couldn't you just order wings at Disney? Yeah, well, listen, they're not the same, brother. They're not <laughs> the same. Clearly, you haven't had enough of the, uh, the 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 booby club wings. Sometimes they hit different. Plus, you know, what are you staring at while you're eating wings in Disney versus while you're, you know, at uh, at Magic City? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's a much better view. But think about this problem from a cost benefit analysis viewpoint. Okay, like, you spend what's Lou really doing? Yeah, a lot more money and time spent. You're putting your health on the line. You're hurting your reputation by being seen as a selfish teammate because you're jeopardizing helping your team in the playoff push or maybe getting them sick. So, I mean, that was just a curious decision to me because you could maybe get B-dubs or something at Disney. Well, let's think of the other <laughs> side of this. Let's be fair to Lou Williams. Uh, on the other side, boobs, right? Oh. Second to none, right, Arky? <laughs> well, how do you beat boobs? I mean, come on. Boobs is like the ultimate trump card in any conversation. It's like... Yeah, all this stuff is good, but check out these boobs. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> I, re- I remember the story he was telling NBA security. They just went in, got the wings, and sort of the came back, and that he didn't pay for any uh, dances or anything. But then a few days later, a dancer came out and said, no, he tipped me very well, and uh, it wasn't just for wings. Well, and I believe there was a social media post. I, I, I forgot if it was Twitter or Instagram where you see him sitting down just chilling in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's okay, Lou. We don't mind. <laughs> well, it's a legal thing to do. It's just <laughs> kind of weird to look at it, though. Um, what do you think so far? Of uh, we're about halfway through uh, uh, ish uh, through the eight game start of the of the bubble itself. Has there been anybody that's sort of surprised you? Like I've been a little surprised and impressed by by Brooklyn just putting up a billion points once they showed up there when they have like nobody it feels like left on the roster. I think some guys are trying to play for their jobs. I mean, you don't have Kyrie and Katie. We know that. You don't have DeAndre or Spencer Dinwiddie. Wilson Chandler decided to not play for health reasons. Um, I mean, this is like a time for players like Karis LeVert 
to assert themselves. Jared, Jared Allen, um, I, I, I saw a game recently, and they, they impressed me. It just seems like they're trying to get the two-man game going, trying to get teammates involved. They're just kind of at a weird spot because, you know, a lot of their star players are injured. Um, question marks on how Kyrie and Katie are going to mesh with the team next year. You also have Kenny Atkinson leaving and some other coaching questions. I do think these guys are saying, hey, we love basketball. We want to give our fans something to root for and trying to build something for the future. That's basically all they can do because, you know, they're going to make the playoffs because the East is so trash ass bad, but they're going to either face the Raptors or the Bucks, And that's going to be a sweep most likely, especially with their injuries. Yeah, uh, probably. But I mean, check it out. They scored 118 against uh, Orlando, 118 against Washington, 119 against Milwaukee and 115 against Boston. Now, they did give up 149 against Boston, so that's not good. Uh, <laughs> but, well, some of their guys injured, too, were their best defenders, Arky. So, and I guess they signed some guys off the street, so that's that's going to happen, I think. Maybe you can score, but the other team's like, let's outgun them. Yeah, but they're 2-2 two and two in the bubble, which mm-hmm. is respectable. It's respectable in the bubble against, uh, sure. you know, I, I thought they would be 1-3 at best, probably mm-hmm. this. I thought they would have probably lost to Orlando, Milwaukee, and in Boston, but they beat Milwaukee and they beat Washington like they should have. Or, uh, well, it's time. It's hard to sort of account for how much they should beat teams based on how thin the roster is right now. But they've they they've played really well, and uh, I think they have Sacramento uh, today. Uh, that's, I mean, that could I be an interesting ap- matchup because both teams are probably about equal. Yeah, I think that. Uh, and I don't want to get too crazy with what I think of what Brooklyn's going to be able to do. But I think there's a chance they could steal a game in the first round. I, I just think that they could get super hot and steal a game. Like, this is better than I was expecting that they would do. Twin 30-point games by Levert and Allen, then? Uh, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. um, maybe they don't perform like they did in one of their scrimmages where they scored, like, 35 first-half points. So... <laughs> which is not what I was expecting either from them either. Um, okay, so so far, oh, oh, I guess I went ahead and jumped my uh, thought in there. What stood out to you so far through about halfway through the bubble? It just seems like I remember a few weeks ago that Joel and I thought that defense was going to dominate early in the bubble, but it seems like the inverse happened and offense is up. The, the ball, yeah. the ball is moving and the pace of play, it's all frenetic and seems like it's freer and it's resulting in fun and creative passes. Yeah, it's almost like, I don't know, these guys just feel like it's, I don't want to say street ball, but kind of street ball because they're putting up wild shots. A lot of them are going in. The ball's moving, like you said, all over the place. It's pretty smooth. Nothing's getting sort of shut down too much right now and it. And we're getting a lot of offense out of it. There's been a lot of overs, uh, if you're a betting man, and I am, uh, that have been paying attention to uh, throughout the uh, beginning of this bubble that I-, I was not expecting. Like, I think just go back to one of my first examples we talked about with Brooklyn Orlando. I think that over-under was like 213 or something. And they covered that within like the the start of the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, that's easy. And uh, it's been kind of nuts. The, the Rockets scoring a lot of points like like we sort of kind of think that they would at least try to anyway but i think in their first two games they shot uh like 109 threes which is insane 
that's... but but that's them. That's them right now. Like you just hope that they go in. So, I mean, that worked last night, though. Well, they all can't be winners, you know. Like you can't go eight no in the bubble, right? Well, partly I think why um, offense is up is there might be an emphasis to get that going as defense is mostly effort. Offense needs to get shooting. Uh, this shooting touchback and rhythm and timing for just passing and movement. Um, these teams mostly with some exceptions don't care necessarily about seating. So they want to get themselves into game shape, getting the chemistry going again, especially for teams like the bucks who've been uneven a little bit and staying healthy for the playoffs. So I think that's partly why guys are trying to get shots up and be aggressive with passing right now. Let me put this out to you. So you brought up the, the game uh, Thursday with against the, uh, against the Lakers. They won that game, but check out a couple of these interesting numbers. The Rockets shot 57, th- 57 three-pointers and made 21. That's only 37%, but that's still good. Sure. Uh, and check out what the Lakers did. 19 shots from beyond the arc. 19 versus 57. And... Ten and they and only half, nailed two of those, I believe, RT. Ten and a half percent shooting because they only, as you said, hit a couple of them. Um, wow, I mean that'll get you beat, uh, and about a hundred times out of a hundred. But fifty, like they're they're just they're slanging them, man. They're slanging them in Houston as much as I don't think that that's going to be viable basketball uh, deep into the playoffs. They're entertaining to watch. Like it's not a boring product. Not at all. I mean, they're going to ride or die by this three. You saw it two years ago in the Western game seven against the Warriors where they just clanked 27. And a lot of times I'm thinking, can you just dunk or lay up or do a mid range when something's not working? You should just change it up. But it seems like D'Antoni and Moray and the team, they're just like, let's go with this. And now it's going to be difficult. They see, I think they have some good three point shooters, but they don't have great. People complained when Golden State did it, but they had Clay, Steph, and KD, and Iggy was better at three before his last year with the team, so you could really stretch that floor. But, I mean, even on the high-end, Archie, I think the Warriors would shoot like maybe 30, 32, not 57. Right, right, right. 57 is a ton. And I think it might show you just a little bit how it's changing because a lot of times, especially when the Rockets were struggling shooting, they're just like, oh, let's go on a three on a fast break when there was an open layup or dunk on a fast break, even if no one was guarding them. So to me, that's just interesting. Like, I understand uh, three is more than two, but two is more than zero. But I guess right now it hasn't been mattering too much because they're hitting for now. But we'll see if they get a cold spot soon. I appreciate how you, how deep you went with that insight. Three <laughs> is bigger than two, yes. But two is also larger than zero. So, Well, you know, I passed first grade math, so I wanted to build those skills. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Portland. Uh, Portland's three and one in the bubble. Uh, they beat uh, three really good teams uh, when you think about it so far. They beat the Grizzlies. Uh, they beat the Rockets, and they beat the Nuggets. And their one loss is a four point loss to the Celtics. And they've been putting up a bunch of numbers too, being uh, the Trailblazers. H- how have they looked to you so far in this bubble? Because in my eyes, watch out. I believe Janelle again three weeks ago just said she loved them as a dark horse to get in the playoffs, and it looks like she's going to be right. Three and one 
Houston, Memphis, Denver, great solid teams. They they just took them to the cleaners. And like Dame and Melo are both playing well. I believe Dame's getting more than 31 points a game. And Melo just had a game-winning shot as well. And I think Nurkic too. I mean, everybody's been waiting for him about a year and a half. And he had a thunderous dunk the other night against Denver. And it's just like, you know, if this team is clicking, they showed that even when they were severely shorthanded, they, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. So I think this would be the worst case scenario for the Lakers. Now, the Lakers are probably going to win that series. But let's say if LeBron has to miss some time because that that bad groin from last year seems to be flaring up again, the Lakers might be in a little trouble. Um, do you do you think that okay? Right now, they're I should mention they're a half game out of the uh, the number eight spot right now, which means that they could play for it uh, at at this point. But they got the Clippers next, uh, and again, we don't have a full Clippers team, so I don't count Portland out at all in this scenario. Do you think Portland is now after we've seen them play four games? Do you think they may be best suited of those teams that are eight, nine, ten, eleven ish? to be able to make a push against a pushback a little bit against a number one seed or yeah, number one seed. Yeah. Definitely. You have a microwave in Damian Lillard shout out getting on NBA 2K 21. I mean, he, he's somebody who could, if he gets hot, he can pour 50 on you and make defenses look foolish. And CJ is starting to do a little better in mellow. And they do have some defensive presence there with Hassan Whiteside and some of the other players. That, that team could sneak sneakily be deep. And, I mean, like right now, if you look at the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. unfortunately fell down. I know I'm jumping it a little bit. And John might have hit a wall a little bit too. And it, it just seems like they would be better equipped with the Pelicans fading who had the talent to possibly do something. And the Kings and Suns are not ready to do anything at this moment. So I do think the Blazers could maybe steal a game or two depending on what the situation is. What? Man, I mean, it, it's just interesting the kind of clarity that you get when you just play three or four games because we went 150 days without watching the NBA. So you, you sort of didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, by the way, there there's things that have disappointed me, like watching the Spurs just give up 200 points, it feels like, every time that they go out there. And you're like, ah, oh, guys, what what is up? You know, uh, I I think they're playing the Jazz as we speak and we record this. Uh, in fact, I can do a quick search. Oh, well, they're up by six and the third. So there you go. Um, but like, there's been a couple things like that that have disappointed me. Um, the uh, the injury uh, in Orlando. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I was about to use another Isaac name, but that's a prospect that will be they'll probably be drafted this year. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Isaac and his injury that that's disappointed me to sort of see how um, it's it happened and especially how much effort he put into coming back from the injury this year. Like it's still technically the same season that he was coming back from that injury. So that being said, those are two of my biggest disappointments that I've sort of watched throughout this. What's disappointed you from an individual or team standpoint since you've uh, watch the bubble open up this last eight days or so. I think I'm disappointed a little bit about the Mavericks. I know I shouted their praise, praises a while ago. Luca and Kristaps look super amazing, but I think the teammates haven't been picking it up. I mean, they've lost a lot of games, and it seems like they, they won't be that dark horse. Uh, 
it, it just seems like they're, they're a great team. They would probably do great in the East, but the West is so stacked. They're, they're not there at this moment. Um, I, it just seems like the defense isn't there for them. I mean, yeah, you can score. I, I believe the first game that they played was against the Rockets, and it was 153-149. So I know. Well, my brother Lou, he's, he's kind of like those – Carmudgeon basketball fans. He's become a casual the last few years, but it's like, it doesn't seem like there's any defense in the NBA anymore. And I'm like, Oh, there is just not in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is not the game you watch for that. This is this just, there are a couple other teams I can turn you on to that may play some more defense. This one isn't it. Yeah. They've lost three or four in the bubble and uh, uh, they play later to, uh, I guess they play Saturday actually, uh, but they lost three or four in the bubble. And it is kind of disappointing to watch what's happened to them because they haven't quite figured it out. Like, they've been close. Like, they beat the Kings, but they beat them by, like, uh, let me look, look, uh, by four. They lost to the Suns by two. They lost to the Rockets by four. Uh, the Clippers was their biggest loss by 15. So they're um, not closing out, it seems like. They, they yeah. haven't figured out the late-game situations, which you know how close the talent level is in the West. That's going to kill you in the playoffs, especially if they're against the um, – it looks like they're going to be locked into that seat against the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, because they did have a chance going into this to possibly find themselves at a four, maybe, maybe like if things went well, really well for them and bad for like Houston or Utah or something. Uh, but yeah, just not quite the what, what we're expecting. So yeah, no, I, I think Dallas is a good disappointment to have so far uh, in, uh, in in your uh, in your old noggin there. Uh, I think I'm kind of disappointed in the fans um, when Jonathan Isaacs got injured. Um, I believe he was one of the few people not to kneel for Black Lives Matter. Now, as as a young black man, and he he's a Christian, he he does care about people, and he he said that after that happened. But so maybe maybe there's a certain belief thing that he had. But a lot of people were kind of making fun of this young man for getting hurt and. From what I hear, this guy's a great teammate. And during the, the pandemic, he was feeding, um, you know, kids in need in Orlando. And it's just like, I don't know. I just, I was very disappointed in the fans for that because you shouldn't attack somebody like that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people got confused by his answer. They got confused sure. by his follow-up. Some people got disappointed. And then some people just wrongly went after him and said sure. things to the effect of karma and, oh, I bet you wish you nailed down. Just, it was an ugly side of people to sort of see that uh, oh, come out. And it just, it it sucked to see. I, I hate when that kind of, we, we see that from other people that just pops on the social media. And social media is definitely the worst because people can just hide behind everything. And I don't I didn't like that at all. He's a, he's a he's a really really phenomenal young talent uh that has just been I think under underlooked throughout the majority of the season par- partially because who he was drafted behind and also um where he's at in Orlando, you know, they just they don't get a lot of TV love, you know. So yeah, that that does that does suck. All right, I want to end on this so far because this is always fluid. Through the four games, roughly for everybody. I think everybody's got four now. Um, games of the bubble. Has anyone played uh, well enough or poorly enough to affect how differently or to affect how you think that they may play if they got into the playoffs with a certain seed? So has anyone showed you something extra that you thought, I give them a little more credit now or, or not so much yet? Well, I guess we might have to go back to the Rockets, just their small ball lineup experimentation is just very intriguing to me. The The Lakers are such 
a big team, a big, talented, athletic team. And yesterday, and again, I know the Lakers didn't have their shots falling and and LeBron was injured, but on the flip side, Russell Westbrook didn't play either, and the Rockets just carved them up. Um, I mean, the tallest guy is Robert Covington at 6'7", but then when uh, everyone's healthy, you have Westbrook at 6'3", Harden 6'5", P.J. Tucker 6'5", Eric Gordon 6'4", and I guess Daniel House was replacing Westbrook yesterday, and he's 6'6". I mean, a lot of these guys aren't tall, but they're they're very long, and they're athletic. They, they move the ball well. They can shoot. So it just seems like they just want to just outrun and gun these teams and, and maybe – try to nullify that height advantage. And it seems to be working so far. They're three and one. Again, this is a small sample, but beating Lakers, Bucks, Mavs, um, and I believe they had a close loss. I mean, it, it just seems like if this team um, could get hot in the playoffs, maybe they could steal a round or two. And I just think it makes basketball fun because if you look at it theoretically, what's the next evolution? Maybe it's, I feel like this is the next level of positionless basketball. Well, there's going to be some uh, executive of the year awards one at some point if that happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> we me. might have to give a shout out to uh, TJ Warren. What do you think about him? Uh, very, uh, I don't like to use the word proud, but uh, very proud of uh, what's happened. Very proud. And I don't know if I should feel that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, it's almost like, like part of me, part of me thinks that this, this, this isn't going to work, right? Uh, this this whole like th- this offense, like it just it's never worked before. So why why should it start? You know what I mean? But part of me also really really roots for it. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I like uh, I like for uh, for for Houston. TJ Warren, by the way, um, I'm not. Okay, I don't, I don't know how to uh, sort of uh, put this. Uh, I'm not I'm also of the opinion that Indiana can do much. But Indiana, I think it's well, – so let me look at the stands. Where are they at right now? Uh, they're, they're one game out of four that fit and uh, half a game up of, of Brooklyn six. Uh, not Brooklyn. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of in love with TJ Warren, like to be honest with you. Uh, and I've only seen like a game and a half of like Indiana basketball, but every time I see Indiana on the TV, um, I always seem to see TJ Warren. And I don't know about you, but for me, that makes me fall in love with the guy because that's not one of the guys I expect to see in love in a basketball game, but he is a really like it, 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 and I and I I don't call myself an expert by any stretch, but I tend to watch a decent amount of basketball. He is one of these sort of unsung guys that's really sort of blopped up on the radar for me since he's been or since the bubble has happened. Well, Arky, uh, I know you were talking about TJ. He's actually one of the guys I interviewed years ago when he was a high school star, and it's kind of fun to see somebody that I talked to once just face to face, and he's just gotten his big contract and he he's just pouring it on. I think this year, just overall, he's averaged about 40. I mean, yeah, 40. Well, he did the first three games of this bubble, but 20 points a game. And he just has all the confidence in the world. He was in 
college for two years at North Carolina, I believe, getting buckets and is kind of like a slow burn because I guess for a couple of years he didn't do much, but then he started growing into his role as a scorer. That's the thing I, I, I think that makes me so proud of him is that like, I, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Uh, Bob is that he, he sort of, he grew into this. Like, like, like he wasn't this superstar stud that came out of, uh, I think he was, wasn't he NC state? It's, I, I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't this guy that was expected to be a scorer like this. I don't remember at least, but we, I, we've seen him slowly, uh, slowly is not even a fair word. We've seen him come on. I, I guess it would, it's fair to say, and be a real factor in the NBA and especially for, uh, for his team. So yeah, I'm very much uh, a, a, a much more lover of TJ Warren than I was a minute ago. One of your surprises. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I'm gonna buy a jersey of his yet, because uh, <laughs> I don't really do jerseys. Uh, but uh, maybe I do a jersey. I don't doubt that either. But maybe I'll I'll make the small leap over to jerseys. I, it's a transition for me too to go from <laughs> shirt to jersey. Let me just do the uh, far less expensive uh, jersey of T.J. Warren. Um, you still uh, think it's Milwaukee, L.A. for the L.A. A. L. A. L. I should say. Uh, for the title at this point? Yeah, I, I think it's Bucks and Lakers. Though, don't sleep on those Raptors. Uh, I know a few months ago for Joel, I wrote about how the Raptors might be dark horses for this, and they've looked pretty damn good. Um, I know the advanced stats with uh, Fred Van Vliet and Marcus Hall, it seems like when those two play, the the Raptors are almost like the Warriors with it almost being impossible to beat. So I'm just kind of interested in that. But I do think that... Giannis being an MVP and LeBron, maybe one of the three best ever. You, you might have that matchup, which will be a wet dream for basketball fans. I got to be careful. Like not so TJ Warren's one of those guys. that I just sort of forget about until I see him on the Raptors are too. The Raptors are undefeated in the bubble. Like, yeah, we should probably be talking more about them and, <laughs> and a team that actually does play defense really well. Well, I think so. Fred scored 35 or so points the other day. And I mean, that guy from Wichita state, when he was a darling with that uh, final four run, and it just seems like he's keep on growing. He's he's a legit top guard in this league, and I would have never thought that. Oh yeah, thirty six uh, against the Heat. Yeah, and that's another good defensive team too. They able to do that against. So. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I guess Arky, we were talking a little bit about the effective effectiveness of the bubble. What what do you think so far? I mean, I feel like it's been a success for the NBA. Uh, I do like uh, no positive tests uh, for like, uh, I don't know, since the end of July. So that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think that there's any other sport that can boast that right now. I guess hockey can right now, but hockey <laughs> literally just started back. So I'll give them a minute or two. Um, I don't think the quality of basketball has suffered, um, which is good. Um, I think uh, the crowds, the way they're trying to incorporate the crowds are a little goofy. But again... The NBA's trying. They're just trying to keep people involved. Um, people are getting these email e- emails saying, "Oh, you've been selected for our Zoom fan game or whatever. Uh, be here for your lo- your login credentials." Where people just watch the game and just wave at their cameras. Um, 
I do uh, not like that nearly as much. But again, I'm most I just watch the basketball game for the for the most part. Sure. Um, the way they have distanced players on the benches as well as the coaches and those who are running the support stuff, like the lights and scoreboard and stuff, I think that has uh, proved to be pretty positive. Uh, and I think other than you know uh, one strip club wings run, I mean we've basically been able to keep everybody uh, safe now. Now. We're about a week or so away from maybe two weeks fully from losing a handful of these teams out of the bubble because they'll be out of the playoff race. Um, then it will get interesting, I think, when the playoff starts and these guys have been in there for two months and then two and a half months. Like if there's somebody like a, I don't want to call him out, J.R. Smith, who gets a little stir crazy <laughs> and has to go find something to do that could put the team in jeopardy because the less time you remember, we as a country, the United States of America, we handled staying inside and and, and uh, quarantining basically pretty well at the beginning. But then there's a point where we got a little stir crazy. We all had to go outside. I wonder if that will affect some of these players the longer that they're in the playoff bubble. But so far, I think the NBA has done a very admirable job. And all this, by the way, is to is just to finish a playoff run in eight games. Like it's it's. It's not even a full season worth of stuff, so it's 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 it's, it's unique to watch. I, I I'm proud of the NBA for doing that. Well, it's quite extraordinary, Arky. I mean, the U.S. in particular, Florida, has done a very piss poor job of controlling this virus. And you contrast that. I mean, it's just amazing that the, the NBA is using science of best health practices to try to mitigate their risk. And now it's probably not going to be perfect, but just to have these. Negatives is a great thing. I mean, contrast that to Major League Baseball. Shout out to my Chicago Cubs, where, oh. you know, this season almost got shut down due to outbreaks with the Miami Marlins, the St. Louis Cardinals, and, you know, players from the Phillies and Yankees and other teams were potentially exposed. And now, in all fairness, baseball doesn't have a bubble like the NBA, so they have to travel more. But yeah. it just shows you that the NBA had the foresight to know it had to restrict travel and access in order to have a chance to play. Well, I think also when you talk about trying to create this bubble for college football, pro football, baseball, like hockey and the NBA essentially just had the playoffs. Like you added a few more teams just to try to make it interesting to get a playoff run, but you didn't have the entirety of the season. I don't know if you're trying to bubble 30 baseball teams or 32 NFL teams or 130 college football teams like I, I, I don't know how that exactly works. So uh, I, I know you do some college football podcast, Arky. My, my opinion on that, just crossing over sports, is that I don't think it's going to go. You have too much of a too many teams, no central leadership um, with the league since you have the separate conferences, too many players, and you can't social distance that sport because offense and defensive linemen cream each other all the time. Did you see the story of, um, uh, was it the Louisville soccer team? I have not. The Louisville soccer team uh, had to kick three players off of its uh, <clears throat> off of its roster and suspend three more because they were uh, ho- they hosted a uh, a party in which twenty nine student athletes tested positive from Ooh. for coronavirus, which had to stop four of their sports from doing any type of workouts for at least uh, I think a week or so, uh, which is. Again, you go back to your point. If you're going to try to socially distance, because that's what you got to do. If you're going to try to be able to do this safely, 
I don't think doing it safely ha- happens with twenty year olds in college. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't, I don't know how legal, not legally, but practically, you could tell them don't go hang out with your friends and party. Well, my favorite thing you probably noticed this too in the bubble when there's the end game interviews. Let's say Rachel Nichols or someone's interviewing a player that you have the dude and he's got like that selfie stick or whatever. And it's like six feet away. And I thought that it's kind of funny to see, but it's good to know that they're having um, safety precautions, even on an interview. I saw it uh, when they when they brought it out for NASCAR, when NASCAR come back. And I was like, well, that's funny. And then seeing it on a court with like, you know, like Billy Donovan, like nine feet away from Rachel Nichols. And you're like, what is ha- This is weird. This is definitely a weird year. Like people say that there shouldn't be an asterisk. There definitely should be an asterisk. Doesn't mean the championship doesn't count. It's just like, this is just a weird year. Like Billy Donovan's being interviewed uh, 12 feet away. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is being asked controversial views on a Zoom call by reporters. Mm-hmm. Like it's just... It's a it's just a different year. That's all. It's just well, LeBron different. gets to do some personal brand marketing when he's on the bench, like last night. <laughs> Listen, when, <laughs> when you're on, you're on. That's all. You just got to know that you're on. That's all. He's just trying to catch some checks, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, we'll, ca- <laughs> well trust me. I'd like to cash a few more here, too. Uh, just give me one Bron Bron check. Just one. Just give him one Bron Bron. That's all. Uh, you know what? In fact, if I get a Bron Bron check, if I just like find it in my mail or something, I'll split it with you, Bob. That sounds great. Now I'll probably have to cash or do all the forgery and stuff, but then I'll like slide you some PayPal stuff. How's that? That sounds good. <laughs> Is PayPal, by the way, like old people talk? Like, are we still are we on Venmo and stuff? That's the more recent cool thing, Cash App. Well, I guess my brothers are on that. My younger brothers, so I guess I'm the old man, but I'm fine with PayPal. Okay, good. I trust PayPal. I trust Venmo too. Like, since I guess PayPal owns them or something, doesn't matter. We're getting way beyond the weeds here on the Michael Jordan Goat episode of Basketball by Association. He is Bob Basic. Bob, thank you so much for your time. Glad to be here. Everybody, take care of each other. I like. You know what? Let's end on that. I like that. I like that sentiment. Goodbye. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.